0: a non-binding question that contemplates a change to the current law, voters have the opportunity to vote yes or no on having their representative introduce and support legislation that introduces a carbon tax and returns most of the proceeds in equitable ways to individuals as a cashback dividend.
1: Mostly sunny this afternoon, a high of 58 to 62. Mostly clear tonight, overnight low, 28 to 34. Mostly sunny tomorrow, a high of 54 to 58. 22 News Storm, team meteorologist Brian Lapis, 101.5 WHMP. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
2: And good afternoon, and thank you for joining us. It uh, I'm very uh, excited to have uh, Andrea Campbell on the show once again, this time as the Democratic candidate for the Attorney General of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Hello, Andrea.
3: Hi, and thank you for having me. And I'm not on the side of a road. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it was the case last time we spoke. It was. Western Mass. It was, but, but I'm it, really happy to be back on.
2: It worked out really well, and I, I think, it, uh, as with a matter of seconds, we managed to get you on. And this time, we almost missed your call for a variety of reasons. But we know how busy you are. You are preparing for Thursday's debate on WBZ. I was before we begin talking. With what i had planned to talk about when i just realized that the debate was going to be on wbz i just want listeners to know most of us out here in western massachusetts don't have cable uh it's, it's only the large cities that have cable so we rely on satellites and and just broadband uh so wbc i'm just told by dan torres by the way hi dan <laughs> Hello, Buzz. <laughs> Dan just told me that they have stream, WBZ. You can stream it. And uh, Andrea okay, said fine. that's why she uh, agreed to that uh, outlet. I think uh, it's John Keller, who's a, I know I've read a lot about John Keller as a political analyst, who will be moderating the debate with Jay McMahon. So anyone who wishes to watch it, I will explore this. I have WBZ TV, it's Boston CBS affiliate. And apparently there's a button that you could live stream. Uh, that's your understanding, right, Andrea?
3: Right. They're, they're going to. It's it, it's actually pre recorded. Um, it's not like the the governor's race, which was live. Most of the other races, including mine, are, are pre recorded. But they do that in order to be able to air it on Sunday. They also are going to put it uh, allow streaming of it online, and they're going to put a copy of it online so people can actually click on a link and watch the full debate. So we chose this outlet because it goes as far as Berkshire County, from our understanding, understanding we still have much more work to do in terms of creating greater access, in terms terms of communication infrastructure. But there will be some copies of it online for folks to be able to listen to it and, of course, uh, to get information from it. And
2: those of us here in Western Massachusetts just love to hear someone say there's work to be done in communication infrastructure because we often feel lonely out here. Um, but I, I wanted to, and by the way, I'll just say this to listeners. If you really want to see the difference between the candidates, it makes good theater. Sometimes debates are very informative, but just look at Andrea Campbell's website. Look at what Jay McMahon, um, the Republican who it's all about crime. And, um, I think it's probably about not, uh, white collar crime so much as what he perceives as property crime and violence and things as being the big problem. Um, out here, there are pockets of crime, certainly in Holyoke and Springfield, but um, it's not what most of us are really concerned about. I wanted to ask you, uh, Andrea Campbell, about the Western Mass Office of the Attorney General, something that uh, many people don't even know exists, or if they know that it exists, they don't know what it does. Can What can you tell us about the uh,
3: office located in Springfield? That's right. The So the Attorney General General's office has several satellite offices: um, New Bedford, Worcester, but also Springfield. And the Springfield location, and I have engaged with many folks who interact with the office, and many, of course, who don't know it even exists. And one of my main priorities, uh, working hard, G, would be in all of the regional offices, including the Springfield one. Um, right now, there are a little less than I think 30 employees there. Um, I think sometimes you may need more human capital. Hiring folks from the community is really important. Folks who speak different languages are closely competent. And then I'm also thinking about Berkshire County. I was just uh, after the primary. I was out in North Adams marching uh, in the North Adams foliage parade. This is, of course, a county that would like a regional office and a greater presence. And so I think there's a lot to do to strengthen the presence of the offices out there and the office. The current AG's office is known to also fund positions. So currently, for example, in Springfield, there is a position funded by the AG's office that helps with various constituent uh, cases. Um, You can do that through municipal government. You can do that through organizations. There's a whole host of ways to make sure that folks have access to the incredible staff and attorneys that exist in the AG's office and that it's accessible. So we have work to do, and I'm excited about the possibilities.
2: I'm really glad to hear this. I, will, uh, I, just, uh, I have a thousand questions, but I'm just going to divert for maybe 60 seconds. When I was a second-year law student, I had the privilege of doing, there's a rule that allows law students to act under lawyers if they're uh, not-for-profit uh, entities. So I worked at the Springfield um, AG's office, um, I can't remember. Ken was the assistant AG who was running the office. And we worked on the um, automobile um, uh, contract. The I forget what it's called, but it went, it's still in effect the same provision that we worked on because you used to be able to sell a car as is. And just when the Uniform Commercial Code had those warranties, That guaranteed that a product was uh, warranted for fitness for a particular purpose and merchantable, that is, saleable. We, myself, and two other law students wrote the language. And every time I buy a car, I look at the 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 purchase and sale contract with, and I see it, and I remember how effective that consumer advocacy was. That even a law student could write some language that still exists forty-five years later. Yeah,
3: I'm. I'm. That's awesome. and it goes to your original point when you were stressing to the listeners to definitely take a look at our website, uh, which is one way to understand more about our candidacy and, of course, mine. But we've been educating folks on just how broad the authority and responsibility is of the AG's office. The consumer protection work is critical, um, not just when it comes to transactions like that, uh, but so many other, uh, other transactions, whether it's deals with financial institutions. People being taken advantage of, fraudulent uh, cases are on the rise, especially in the context of elders and seniors. Um, and so there's a lot the office is doing and will continue to do in that consumer protection realm. So that's exciting. And then relying on lawyers from the incredible law schools that we have in Massachusetts, that still happens in another way to strengthen some of these regional offices by continuing to bring in that talent.
2: And I'll tell you, looking at your, at your website, I, one particular little clause is, stood out when you talked about your campaign priorities and your priorities as an attorney general, and um, you said, quote, we need to look at every issue through an equity lens. And I think that's geographic as well as, obviously, uh, communities. Because right. and, 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 we I, always feel right. left out out here.
3: <laughs> and, I, and I recognize that when we kicked off our Gateway Cities tour at the very beginning of the campaign. and I'll be very candid with you. There are many folks saying, well, why are you doing that? Most of the votes come from Suffolk County or Middlesex County. And I said, well, thank you for that, and moved on from those folks who were saying that. Because for me, it's if you really want to be effective in governing, you have to show up. And what I learned quickly is that many folks in Central and Western Mass, and especially communities outside of 495, absolutely feel left out, and left behind. That's not made up. Uh, In many ways, that is the way in which many either elected officials or candidates operate. Don't see the value of spending time, of going out to these communities. I do see the value of showing up. I also see the value of investing. Um, And if we truly care about equity, it's not just racial equity. I also view equity through a disability lens, Um, those who identify as LGBTQ, LGBTQ+, but also a regional equity lens is really important. Um, And I learned that as an attorney at a regional planning agency. And so for me, it's about showing up, establishing a presence, but then of course, doing the work. And if you're spending any time on the ground in these communities, including some rural communities or suburban communities outside of say, Pittsfield or outside of Springfield, you are learning a great deal about the work that's happening on the ground, where people are actually having an impact to help people in their community there's a way in which government should be partnering with folks who are doing that work every day.
2: That's so important, Andrea Campbell. Uh, uh, there's so many. Out here, uh, There, there's some really incredible. We, I love our bar out here for the most part. We don't make the kind of money that people in urban settings do, um, at, but we work really hard. But there's just somebody calls with a consumer that you can just hear the desperation in their voice, they don't have much money, they spent money on something, there was a bait and switch or they were otherwise ripped off, and you can't do it because you know they can't pay you and you don't have enough time to spend all your time doing pro bono work. So fortunately, we have an attorney general's office that helps consumers navigate those uh, choppy waters. And uh, I think that's really important. Uh, do, uh, Do you intend to do anything to bolster the uh, attorney general's office with respect to consumer issues
3: uh, absolutely it, one thing you said it that resonated in many ways with me is you know, the law the, the, the AG's office going back to Frank Bilotti, who coined the phrase of the people's lawyer people's law firm and I, I, I actually have been with Frank in the last week or so twice he's 99 years old
4: Wow he looks and
3: presents like he is 65 Wow amazing he's sharp as a whip and what he meant by that, and it's something we all, every AG uh, has continued, and we all continue to talk about the broad scope of the envision of the office, is if you're truly the people's lawyer, you really have to be intentional at going into poor communities, which of course exists out in Western Mass, going into communities of color, going into immigrant communities. These are the folks, that you, as you just said, they can't afford a lawyer. And so wage theft, a major consumer issue right now, folks actually going to work and not getting paid their hard-earned dollars. And if you lose, for example, $1,000, it's very difficult for someone to go hire a lawyer to try to get that money back. So there are employers that are taking advantage of that, and there's a lot the office can do to protect folks. Financial uh, transactions and the way in which we're banking now, many using various apps, all types of new types of of financial institutions and I'm learning a great deal about some of the customer service practices and the way in which you do customer service is sometimes through a social media platform, which is right for folks' information to be stolen, major privacy concerns, data concerns um, that the office is going to have to pay attention to and be involved with. There's a lot going on in terms of landlord-tenant relationships and tenants being pushed out through all types of uh, practices that the Consumer Protection uh, Bureau should be paying attention to. Um, and I just had a meeting in North Adams with folks uh, related to manufactured housing. Uh, and a woman, Sandra, who's out there doing remarkable work to protect elders there and to make sure their housing stock is, is livable, habitable. So there is a lot uh, to do in this context. There, and There
2: the is a lot. And, and I remember, uh, we're going to yeah, take Nick, a break, but just before we do take a break, I just want to... Uh, and tell folks, I, I remember people who barely had money for food, calling in tears with the utility bill dispute, or they you know, or their utilities were That's cut true. off, and um, there You're I was. To
5: to go up. That's it's a major issue.
2: It's a major issue for people who who don't have many resources, and um, the local bar can only do so much. We rely on the attorney general's office. We are talking with the Democratic candidate for the Massachusetts attorney general. Uh, position the People's Lawyer, as uh, Francis X. Bellotti said um, a long time ago and recently. Uh, we're going to be back with Andrea uh, right after these messages. Do stay with us.
1: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
2: I was born! In a little tent Oh, and just like The river I've been running Ever since It's been a
6: long
1: At American National, what's important to you is important to us. Just like every horse is unique, so is our equine coverage. American National's equine owner's insurance is designed to address the inherent risks involved with owning horses. Flexible enough to provide property and liability coverage for operations of various sizes, yet can be tailored for your specific needs. We're right by your side. For more information, just visit AmericanNational.com. American National Property and Casualty Company and Affiliates, Springfield, Missouri.
7: If I remember correctly, there's something
4: like 30 different grapes in this wine. That's the awesome thing about Portuguese. There's like two grapes people have ever heard of and the rest of it is just catch as catch can and it's usually pretty good and very cheap.
0: Every Friday morning, Monty visits the wine snobs to talk about wine at State Street. These are
7: Portuguese field blends from Casa Freitas. It is the Sand Creek red blend. But I love this wine. It's 9 dollars dark, it's rich. It's red.
4: Uh, given the fact that there are 30 grapes playing against each other in here, there's a lot going on yeah. for 9.90. My kids, every time I make them smell wine, say, it smells like wine. All wine smells the same. Oh, yeah, my and daughter. I'm like, you're yeah. wrong. But when I smelled this, the first thing I thought of was, it smells like wine. It, but then very quickly moved on to chocolate and blueberry. And yeah. yeah, as soon as I swirled the glass, boom. Yeah, like chocolate cake. Blueberry and chocolate cake. That's what, those I are like the that. two things I'm getting. Blueberry and chocolate. Iron and blood. Yes. Yeah. Vampire wine.
0: Fine your favorite wine and your next favorite wine at State Street Fruit Store Deli Wines and Spirits.
1: The Western Mass Business Show with local dynamo, Tara Brewster. Saturdays at 11 and Sundays at 2. Only on WHMV.
4: Brought to you by Greenfield Savings Bank with offices all throughout Hampshire and Franklin counties. Greenfieldsavings.com
1: The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMV. This is the afternoon buzz with Buzz Eisenberg 1015 WHMP.
2: And I am very grateful to Andrea Campbell that she's taking time from her busy schedule. Folks, it is three weeks from election day. Um we have until October 29th to get registered to vote. If ever that was important to vote, this is an election that's really important to vote on the national level, but certainly on the statewide level. The people's attorney is the attorney general, and Andrea Campbell asks for your vote and support to become our next attorney general. Um, I know that I just saw, Andrea, a um, an, a new ad that just issued, I think, this morning. It just, uh, yeah, could you could you talk about that ad and, and um, why that is a meaningful subject for you?
3: Yes, it's entitled Safe and Strong. And one, we've been attempting, you know, to put out ads that offer hope and joy because we know folks are just frustrated or have a lot going on in their lives. Um, and so we always want to lead with hope and joy. And the focus of it is really looking at the well-being of children. I have two boys. I'm a mother of two young boys. And what came up uh, on the campaign trail and continues to is mental health concerns amongst our young people in adolescence, the uptick in depression, anxiety, um, and even suicide. I've heard some really tragic stories from parents and guardians and caregivers. Um, bullying, online, offline, coming up quite a bit in school settings, sometimes outside of school settings. So the ad is really talking about ways in which the AG's office can fight to protect our children um, and can do it in a very meaningful and substantive way. And I would absolutely prioritize mental health, which I think is an epidemic, of course, that existed has existed in this country and the state for a long time. And it's a system that really needs revamping in order to make sure our young people and adults are, are served and treated, and that it doesn't lead to substance use disorder or other issues that we see as well in Massachusetts.
2: And it talks about pred- protecting Keep us keeping our children safe from predators. And um, as someone who uh, has done considerable amount of criminal law in my career as an attorney and also in my career as a professor at uh, Greenfield Community College teaching criminology, uh, I've done a lot of work around that question. And the scholarship in it suggests that we're not quite sure Um, at what percentage, but a fairly large percentage, somewhere between 4 out of 10 and 6 out of 10 um, child molesters were themselves molested. Um, Now, have have you looked into that? Have you heard about that?
3: I have. Um, Some of it, you know, in my own family, when I talk about breaking generational cycles of poverty and trauma and criminalization and abuse, it is some of these issues that we're talking about that many families don't want to talk about that are important. Because if you don't address that trauma, there is, like you suggested, studies, including in the domestic violence context, that shows that children or those who are exposed to that violence uh, can perpetuate it. Yeah, the data is even stronger
2: in in, in the domestic violence. I think it's more like 75%.
3: That's exactly right. And I've spent a lot of time when I was on the city council in Boston, uh, chairing public safety, looking at these issues of domestic violence. And every conversation I went into, uh, including a forum and hearing that we did in partnership with Northeastern Law School, was looking at the connections with child abuse, sexual assault, domestic violence. They're all connected. And if you're going to break these cycles, you can't just focus on an individual. Sometimes you have to focus on the family, um, but also a community. And there are providers... Uh, doing this work in the academic space, outside of the academic space, where I think an AG's office can show up, is as you're prioritizing mental health, and you peel back the layers of what, what those, what is causing some of those concerns. Some of it is unaddressed trauma related to abuse um, or related to something in a family that was never healed, never dealt with, or coped with. And we're seeing children speak about these issues in school settings, where we need more clinicians. Uh, teachers that have greater support, definitely talking about it in the context of the substance use opioid crisis, uh, that we're, substance use disorder, opioid crisis that we're seeing in Massachusetts, all of the issues connected, but a set of issues that we need to prioritize, especially for our children. Critically it's important. it's a
2: huge issue, and perhaps if, well, when you become attorney general, I would love to have the conversation at, at greater lengths, because prison is, warehousing such people is not the holistic uh, sort of solution to preventing uh, child abuse. Are they predators? Well, they're predators, but sometimes the very children that we think have been victimized are going to themselves become predators be- if our understanding doesn't improve on how to prevent and I, that. I'll
3: just, you're exactly right. And I'll just add, we're, we both, right, we were talking about this, they're all for accountability, which is important. But if we do want to break these cycles so they don't continue in a family or in a community we really have to talk about the root causes of it. We have to sometimes look at this data that makes it crystal clear that usually children that come from these types of circumstances are more prone to emulate some of that behavior, which is tragic. And so if we address it, um, it, we can be breaking those cycles. So I think mental health, stressing the importance of prioritizing it as an issue and making sure families have access to behavioral health services that are accessible in their communities, is really important and something an AG can definitely work on. Here, We're here. Keep fighting until November to do just that.
2: Thank you. And in the one minute that you have left, can you just summarize why should people vote for Andrea Campbell on November eighth?
3: One, I've always been a fighter. You know, my, my, my all of my biological parents are deceased. All of my biological grandparents are deceased. Uh, my twin brother died ten years ago in the custody of a, of the Department of Correction when he was twenty nine. And I know many families are struggling, and I can relate to some of those struggles. And I bring that sense of empathy to the office and would bring it to the office. But for me, it's also about doing the work, making sure that this office is responsive to constituent needs and concerns and making sure it delivers. We've put out some thoughtful policy on our website. Um, I've done the work as a public servant representing children for free as an education lawyer working for Governor Deval Patrick. And I will continue that leadership as AG, but can't get there without constituents. So I hope to earn the vote of your listeners and many others, of course, across the Commonwealth as we forge ahead in these next 21 days.
2: Thank you so much. And listeners, if you're not registered, Go to your town or city clerk's office, and please register to vote. You have until October 29th, which is, what, 11 days from now. And on November 8th, we need everyone to vote, whoever you're going to vote for. I know who I'm going to vote for for Attorney General, and that's Andrea Campbell. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you, and enjoy the rest of the day.
2: Thanks a lot. We're going to be back with Jackie Walsh and Playbill right after these messages. Stay with us.
1: This is the afternoon one buzz day. with Buzz Eisenberg. 1015 WHMP.
4: Oh, one
6: yeah, 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 yeah. Happy talk,
4: keep talking, happy talk. Talk about things you'd like to
6: do.
1: This is the afternoon you buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. Five WHMP.
0: For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Northampton residents are demanding the school committee abandon efforts to create their own school COVID policies and instead follow official guidelines provided by the Massachusetts Department of Education. Over 100 people signed a joint letter saying Northampton is one of the only school systems in the state that is rejecting Massachusetts COVID guidelines. The Northampton School Committee created an ad hoc COVID advisory committee, which voted to recommend the city follow state guidelines, but that recommendation was sent to a subcommittee instead of passing. Here's Josh Silver.
4: Here in Northampton, there's a small but very opinionated crew on the school committee that wants to actually create their own COVID-19 precautions and guidelines for the city of Northampton alone.
0: The subcommittee will hold a remote meeting tomorrow to discuss these recommendations. Law enforcement from Hampshire and Franklin counties gathered outside Northampton City Hall today to express support for the driver's license law enacted with overwhelming legislative support in June. Known as the Work and Family Mobility Act, the law would allow qualified drivers, regardless of immigration status, to pass a road test, buy insurance, and obtain a license. Opponents of the bill mounted a campaign to repeal the law and gathered enough signatures to put the question on the November 8th ballot. Voters in the 1st Franklin and Hampshire districts will have a fifth question on their ballots this November regarding a potential carbon tax. This is a non-binding question that contemplates a change to the current law. Voters have the opportunity to vote yes or no on having their representative introduce and support legislation that introduces a carbon tax and returns most of the proceeds in equitable ways to individuals as a cashback dividend. Mostly
1: sunny this afternoon, a high of 58 to 62. Mostly clear tonight, overnight low, 28 to 34. Mostly sunny tomorrow, a high of 54 to 58. 22 News Storm Team meteorologist Brian Lapis, 101.5 WHMP. It happens all over Massachusetts.
6: Can you tie my shoes?
1: In every home and every community.
6: Be careful on your bike. Learning can happen
1: anytime, anywhere.
6: Hi, will see you at practice.
1: And no matter how learning takes place in your family's life, Desi is there as your partner. The Massachusetts Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. Never stop learning. Find out more at mass.gov
4: slash back to school. Sponsored by the Massachusetts Department for Elementary and Secondary Education.
1: To play this game, you've got to be as sharp as a blade, as quick as a one-timer, as tough as plexiglass. Oh, and having a solid dental plan, that's probably a good idea, too. Not Hit the ice all season long right here on the UMass Sports Network. 101.5, 1400, and 1240. WHMP.
5: Today, I'm convening this conference because I believe we can use these advances to do even more to make America stronger and a healthier nation, to achieve ambitious goals, end hunger in this country by the year 2030.
2: This is a big deal. The President of the United States just announced to the world that ending
1: hunger and promoting better nutrition in this country is a national priority.
4: I think that's a good plan, and I think we can do it. Meanwhile, our neighbors have to eat today. The Food Bank of Western Mass is there for the over 100,000 neighbors who rely on emergency food each month. And if you want to help support the Food Bank of Western Mass, you can join the March for the Food Bank 13 Thanksgiving week. The federal government is making moves when it comes to fighting hunger, and the Food Bank itself is making moves. From Hatfield to Chicopee, you can move with us locally as we march from Springfield to Northampton on day one, and Northampton to Greenfield on day two. March yourself, start a team, virtually march. Get involved, make some moves. Monty's March 13, making moves. Monday and Tuesday, November 21st and 22nd. Sign up now at Monty'sMarch.com.
1: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
2: And this is Tuesday at 4.30, so it is a playbill by Jackie Walsh. We're going to be talking about The Taming, which is a play by Silverthorne Theater Company up at Hawks and Reed in Greenfield this weekend. But first, we're going to hear... What's going on in the Valley in theater?
6: All right. Yes, I'm very excited about the, that play. I know two women who are in it who are excellent actresses, so I can't wait to see it. But before that, I just wanted to mention other things happening. Mamma Mia is still going on. I think it's the last weekend at the Majestic in West Springfield. Um, and then we have Edward Albee's Seascape at the Unicorn in Stockbridge. That's through October 23rd. It won the Pulitzer Prize. We also have Shakespeare and Company is still running. The summer's over, but they're still going. Golden Leaf Ragtime Blues, which the title—it's a little like. What does that mean? Well, it's about uh, the unusual relationship between a black teenager and an aging Jewish vaudevillian through comedy and music. Supposed to be very good. Through October 30th, it's a shortish play, which. I always appreciate an hour <laughs> and 20 minutes. I can't sit still for hours and hours, but that's a good length. Um, VLO, our own Valley Light Opera, which has been operating, I believe for 40 years, has Deflator Mouse, which is happening at the Academy of Music starting November 5th through the 13th. We also have Marvin's room. We interviewed two people from that play last week through the 22nd. So through this weekend. It's about a family experiencing a series of crises, but there's a lot of humor. It's supposed to be really good. Um, We also have, let's see, The Half-Life of Marie Curie at uh, the Northampton Center for the Arts. That is November 3rd and 6th. Hampshire College is doing The Thin Place about ghosts, mediums, and psychics. That is, oh, I'm so sorry, that was last weekend. Um, Mount Holyoke this, this weekend has the sweet science of boxing about the underground world of Victorian boxing. Whoa. And there is an immersive theater event at the Shea this weekend featuring dance, theater, sculpture, live music. The Shea is in Turner's Falls. We have also at Silverthorne, we have... Uh, the Taming, which is about a woman in Georgia who wants to become the next Miss America, but there's some tra- some flashbacks or time, time travel. I'm not sure. That's October 21st through 28th, and luckily we have two people who can tell us about that that uh, going back to the 1700s aspect of it. We have, not in the studio, but calling into the studio, Mary Kareem Miller, who's the director, and Tammy... Dar, who is I think the lead. So, how are you two doing? Doing well, very well. Thank you. Great. And this is at Silverthorn at the Beautiful Hawks and Reed this weekend and next weekend. So, why don't we start with the director, Mary Corinne? Can you tell us about the play? Yeah, so um,
7: Lauren Gutterson's The Taming*. It's a political comedy. As you said, a quick trip back to 1787, where we get to see um, a behind-the-scenes look at the Constitutional Convention. In both centuries, we are um, introduced to some extreme political opponents who spar off in a battle of wits um, with the goal of finding some common ground with the help of our aspiring Miss America contestant and possible political genius,
6: Catherine Chelsea Hartford wow so it's such an interesting intersection between miss america pageant contestant and uh, this political stuff which is really interesting so tammy tell us more about your character is it Catherine or kathy or kate
5: Catherine. um okay. yeah so i play Catherine. um she is miss georgia as we all know and she's competing with this america on this platform that she wants to rewrite the constitution and throughout the play she's trying to uh rope these the other two characters in the um in the play um to help her write the constitution and support her and um yeah that is that's what she's all about
6: <laughs> so we have a constitutional expert sitting in the studio Buzz eisenberg um so i am very curious what your what uh grief what what um issues your character has with our wonderful constitution
5: well catherine i believe she really looks up to the founding fathers and she does, in the play, it is stated that she does have a constitutional law degree. And I think her main issue with the Constitution is just that um, it's not exactly, like, up to date. Um, she feels that there need to be more changes that are suit our society today. As The society back then was different, and the way they negotiated and compromised back then um, just doesn't suit what our needs as a country are now.
2: Well, as a constitutional uh, lawyer, as a civil liberties lawyer for 45 years who's done constitutional law um, and taught it, that sounds kind of reasonable to me. But I have a question. <laughs> I just, I don't want to give anything away, and I don't know because I don't know about this play. Is there a shrew involved? As much as my wife hates that word, okay. is there a shrew?
3: That's
7: a very good question. Um so Lauren Gunderson wrote the play with some tenuous inspiration from Shakespeare's original Taming of the Shrew, but she updated the main characters in that play so that all of all three of them are wildly um, strong-willed and intelligent women. And in our version of the play, she's cast the American government as the shrew that needs to be
6: tamed. <laughs>
7: Great.
6: <laughs> so,
2: so they're all a younger sister, I guess. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. oh.
6: <laughs> I can't remember in the original if the shrew does get tamed or not.
2: Yeah, well, isn't that the 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 deal at the end of taming of the shrew is oh, is that argument about who best tamed their woman? Uh, I think that that's what how it is that how it ends.
7: It is, yes. Yeah. Um and uh, Gunderson did pull some words from Catherine's final speech in that play, um, again, thinking about the American government
6: and the way that it might be tamed. Well, it sounds,
2: um, like, it sounds like I would love this play.
6: <laughs> so <laughs> I I'm, think so, yeah. I'm curious how it gets staged, Mary Crim, because if it involves the pageant itself, that would normally involve lots and lots and lots of women, um, but I think it's a three-person play. How do, you, how do you deal with the pageant part of it with such a small cast?
7: Yeah, So the the pageant scenes, uh, as is often the case in in certain aspects of pageant competition, you see pageant contestants one at a time. So we really only see Catherine's portion of the pageant Mm -hmm. um, with some offstage voices serving as the announcers or interviewers that she might be um, working with on stage. But we don't see the other contestants.
6: Mm -hmm. And no cameo by Donald Trump, right? (laughs) Oh, no. This play was written...
7: Prior to Donald Trump, uh. so from 2017, but um, it, it does read almost as if it was written today. So it, it, it seems to fit right in um, with some of the more recent political history as well.
2: It sounds like uh, when Catherine says that she might be the first contestant in a beauty contest to have good reason to say, I really want world peace.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> but does it touch on the abortion issue? Which, of course, people have wanted amendments to the Constitution to guarantee that right. Uh,
7: that isn't. It does not specifically mention that. It doesn't specifically mention a lot of um, more heated political topics. Mm-hmm. It's more a general sense that the Constitution itself needs to be updated to include more diverse voices and perspectives based on, as, as Tammy so nicely put, um, the, the needs of our current society.
2: Tammy, in the two minutes we have before we take a break, I, I love to ask this question. I'm always, always stealing Jackie's time because I'm so fascinated by people who have the capacity to actually act. Um, I, I love, I admire actors. How do you inhabit, is there anything in your background or your experience that makes it easier for you to inhabit Catherine?
5: say so I think I think I find myself and Catherine's personalities to be very similar as in we're both very bubbly we're both very cheery very talkative love being in front of people um and when we want something we do our best to get it and Catherine goes through a lot of things to get what she wants and um I feel like I'm similar to her in that sense um and in the fact that we're also both performers in our own way—I
2: <laughs> guess you are. Well, th- this sounds really wonderful. It's in Hawks and Reeds. It's, it's a play by Silverthorne um, Theater. It'll be th- when will it be, Jackie? This weekend?
6: Yes, this weekend
2: and next weekend. Well, it just sounds really interesting. It's called *The Taming*, and we're going to be back with uh, the player who plays Catherine, uh, Tammy Dar, and we're going to be back with the uh, director. Um, Mary Corinne, help me here, because I don't have notes.
6: Miller.
2: Miller, of course you told me that before. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, excuse me for that. We're going to be back in just two minutes. Hang in here.
1: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
4: know how you're voting on ballot question two join us when we speak with dr marty wall a leading valley voice for yes on two plus duke goldman we're talking baseball with the duke lots to talk about and also npr northampton poetry radio with rich michelson all this beginning wednesday at nine o'clock bill newman weekdays at nine and again at five whmp news information and the arts
1: when somebody dies, even if it's somebody old or somebody sick
4: and the family is expecting it, it's still a shock.
6: For the past 110 years, the Saluzniak family has opened the doors to their home for generations of Hampshire, Hamden, and Franklin County families, offering comfort and guidance when it's needed most. There's a certain assurance from knowing that for 110 years, four generations have offered caring help with honesty, integrity, understanding, and the highest standards. The Saluzniak family wants you to know they understand things may have changed, but their dedication to helping your loved ones in your time of loss has Never wavered and it never will. They are here for you, taking every precaution and will help you understand how you can pay tribute during this challenging time.
4: Saluzniak Funeral Home, up at North Street, Northampton. Oh, people have always had a hard time saying Saluzniak. It seems that the CZ always gets everybody. Saluzniak Funeral Home, Northampton. They're not easy to spell, but they are CZ to spell. Two leading lights of the modern day Afro Cuban jazz world. Alfredo Rodriguez and Pedrito Martinez, October 20th at UMass. Both born and raised in Havana, Alfredo Rodriguez and Pedrito Martinez are electrifying. Rodriguez at the piano, Martinez surrounded by drums, cungas, tumbas, and his deep cut mango hand snare.
1: Music, dream,
4: the classical piano prodigy and the streetwise percussionist a potent combo taking afro-cuban jazz to new and exciting places quincy jones produced their new album duologue get tickets at the umass fine arts center website alfredo rodriguez and pedrito martinez electrifying afro-cuban jazz thursday october 20th 7:30 p.m bowker auditorium at umass
1: Jaboom A spar that forms an extension of the bowsprit on a ship Jaboom Jaboom, Jaboom I
5: don't like
3: the the cut of that guy's Jaboom Yeah,
1: me either Wednesday night at 6,
4: WHMP once again broadcasts an adult spelling bee live Why? Well, to support Northampton Education Foundation It's Monty, joining me will be Emily Brewster from Merriam-Webster Comedian and radio host Jennifer Miskowski and Bill Newman The Northampton Education Foundation adult spelling bee Live on WHMP this Wednesday night at 6
3: Jaboom
1: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
2: And we are back with Jackie Walsh. We're talking about The Taming, a play by Silverthorne Theater, which for the next two weekends will be at Hawks and Reed, the lovely Performing Arts Center. Jackie?
6: So I'm just curious where people can get tickets. Maybe Mary Corinne, the director, could tell us.
7: Yes, um, please buy some tickets. We have um, tickets left for all of the performances, and you can get them on the Silverthorne Theatre website. Um, there's
6: an event uh, event page set up, and um, get your tickets now. Cool. So I have a question for Tammy, who plays the lead. She plays Kate, who is a woman who wants to become... Catherine. Catherine, but also Kate. I think I saw that. Oh, really? I've mentioned in the, uh, on the website. She wants to become the next Miss America. She wants the U.S. Constitution rewritten. And she makes a journey back to the constitutional, what's it called, Buzz Conference?
2: Yes, convention. convention.
6: Yes. So I'm curious, do you get to wear an elaborate wig in that scene? Tammy? Well,
5: (laughs) I'm already wearing a wig for Catherine, so Ah. I couldn't fit that hair under that hair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
6: So there's but no powder a involved. Nice little outfit. <laughs> uh, cool. <laughs> so Mary Corinne, um, the website description says the play is hilarious, raucous. So tell us a little bit about the humor and humor to me and probably most audience goers is so crucial. How do you, how do you make your play funny and how is this play funny?
7: Yeah. So um, I would describe the humor as upbeat and intelligent, but still widely accessible and just a whole lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the humor in the play comes from the outlandish characters and these ridiculous scenarios that they find themselves in, including a very unconventional take on our founding fathers, as you have never seen them before. So um, it's just a whole lot of fun, and uh, I think it would be something that would be accessible to most anyone um, coming in. You don't need a historical Political law degree, um, just mm-hmm. a sense of humor, and um, she asked us to kind of laugh at ourselves and our political opponents, and and that we see the common humanity that we share.
6: Nice, and I know that um, there are two other actresses in the play. Tracy Einstein is a an actress or an actor? Actress. Okay, and Stephanie Carlson is is in the play, and I consider I've done a few plays with her. I consider her one of the, like, top three best actresses in the Valley. So, Tammy, I'm wondering what it's been like working with Stephanie and Tracy and whether you're keeping your eyes wide open. sure you're younger, maybe you've done fewer plays and they have, are you keeping your eyes open for um, acting tips or lessons?
5: I am. Um, <laughs> I love watching them. There are a lot of... Um, scenes in the show in which um they're just interacting with each other mm-hmm. um and i really love watching the both of them i find that tracy is very just like she likes to go for things even if it's like extremely ridiculous
0: mm-hmm. and half
5: the time it does work <laughs> mm-hmm. and we all laugh and we have a lot of fun with her she's very um i find she very fun with to work with and stephanie um stephanie is absolutely great um i love watching her i love i love when she's like taking in information and like placing herself in the space um she's definitely someone i take i take a lot of what she does and try to internalize it as well um but i definitely do like watching the both of them and how they work and trying to be like oh okay i have to up my game because they're also very on top Universal. Yeah, I
6: wish Stephanie would give a class because unfortunately, like with most watching most actresses, I just am gaga and I have no idea how they're so good. They just are so good. <laughs> but, um, so how has it been working with the cast, Mary Corinne? Um,
7: It has been an absolute pleasure, pleasure and a treat. Um, I think starting with the play itself, having these three strong and deeply engrossing um, female characters who are not only intelligent, but funny, um, which is a rarity. And then to have these amazingly talented actresses to fill in those roles, um, I, I feel incredibly fortunate. I know Silverthorne, throughout this uh, their entire season this year, is focused on plays um, by female-identifying playwrights directed by female-identifying directors. We were fortunate to work with an all-female-identifying production team outside of our um, set designer and lighting designer. Um, but uh, otherwise, it's it's been um, just a, a real sisterly, bonding, <laughs> wonderful experience in the rehearsal room, and I, I'm lucky to get to go to work each day and just laugh my
6: head off because they're so funny. That's fantastic. And it's at Hawks and Reed, which um, you know, as someone who's lived in the area for decades, you know, seen it um evolve. It used to be Clark's ski shop. Remember those days, Buzz? I sure do. (laughs) On the bottom floor, and now there's like a musical venue on the bottom floor, a small bar and theater on in the basement. And I think it's on the fourth floor. Not sure what's in between that Hawks and Reed um, has people come in and do plays. And Tammy and I were in the Elephant Man up there. It was a GCC play. The theater at GCC was being renovated. So this spring we did Elephant Man. Um, I'm curious, Tammy, what's it like to to, do two almost back-to-back plays in the same space Do you ever accidentally give a line from Elephant Man? (laughs) Oh, no, I don't. Darn. I do
5: walk. (laughs) Backstage, and I remember how squeaky it
6: is. <laughs> oh, you know where all the squeaky boards are. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great space, though. It's beautiful. There's a lot of exposed, like brick columns and huge windows, and all of that. Do Do you like the space, Mary Corinne? Oh, I love it. I, we don't see the exposed windows and the brick columns with the setup, but um,
7: it's it, walking into the space and then seeing it transformed into our theater. Um, it's just been incredible. And this is my first time back working in a real live theater space since the pandemic. So it's just been so nice to be um, working in, in, in a theater space again and with a live audience and not just on Zoom or doing plays outside. Um, so it's, it's a, an amazing theater to return to.
2: So the play is The Taming by Lauren Gunderson. It is going to be this weekend and next weekend, this Saturday, it's going to be uh, just a 3 o'clock showing and a 7.30 showing. Is that right?
5: Uh, that's correct.
2: And on Sunday, a 3 o'clock performance. Is, is that, that right? And yes. I think that the, the tickets are just an absolute bargain. It's 20 bucks or 25 bucks, something like that. And um, you can get them to Silverthorne uh their website and uh there are seats available for every performance and it'll be run next weekend as well right and
6: uh, a lot cheaper than that other play that has something to do with the founding fathers
2: <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> Hamilton Although we do reference Hamilton quite a, quite
2: a bit oh <laughs> uh, there you go well he was involved yes he was <laughs> he certainly was it's it's really great my my final question is um when you uh what should when people come what should they uh, come expecting, the humor part or the historical part, the government part?
3: I would say definitely
7: the humor part. Um, The historical part kind of sneaks up in the back and is like, oh, I just learned something I didn't know. But it was all through humor and through laughing. Um, It's mostly just a really good time.
2: And people get to time travel.
7: And they get to time travel, that's right.
2: (laughs) It sounds great. Well... Uh, Mary Corinne Miller, the director of The Taming. Um, thank you so much. Tammy Dar, who plays Catherine, or Kate, as I just learned. Uh, it sounds really wonderful. And thank you so much for sharing it with us today. Jackie, as always, thank you.
6: Yeah, thank you. This was great. Can't wait to see the show. It's great. Thank you so much.
2: Our pleasure. Uh, break a leg. I love saying that. Break a leg. Everybody else? Thank you. <laughs> okay, we'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Please join us.
1: Away. The this is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz inside. Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMT. The was ready to beg, steal, borrow, or barter. Then a hurricane came and devastation reigned. on man. Saw his future drip, dripping down the train. Put a pentu to his temple, connected it to his brain, and he wrote his first refrain. The Western Mass Business Show with local dynamo Tara Brewster Saturdays at 11 and Sundays at 2 only on WHMP
4: brought to you by Business West the vital business news in Western Mass is in Business West
1: The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster WHMP Live at local news and talk for Northampton and the Valley since 1950 WHMP Northampton WHMQ Greenfield on Northampton Radio Group station it's